to another MLEX podcast. I'm Anna Rago, Managing Editor for MLEX's London Bureau. Today we'll be looking at settlements in corruption and bribery probes, and how difficult it can be to do the right thing. This type of deal usually involves companies offering to help prosecutors and paying large sums of money to put an end to an investigation. But plea deals aren't always straightforward. Take for example the case of SBM Offshore, the Dutch oil engineering company that has been struggling to settle international probes. Joining me today, we have Ben Lucas, our bribery and corruption correspondent in London. Hi, Ben. Hi, Anna. And our antitrust and corruption reporter, Rodrigo Russo in Sao Paulo. Hello, Anna. SBM has been facing scrutiny on three fronts, in the Netherlands, Brazil, and the United States. Back in 2014, the company paid $240 million to settle with the Dutch prosecutor. And in early November, SBM announced it had earmarked almost the same amount in relation to the U.S. Department of Justice's investigation. The missing link seems to be Brazil, where the company has had several attempts to settle but has failed so far. Ben, this case has been going on for a few years, but for for us that are new to it, could you sum up what the US, Dutch and Brazilian prosecutors have been looking at and how this all started? Sure. So this all started um, when SBM Offshore launched a review of its compliance practices in late 2011. And in 2012, uh, it made an announcement um, that it had become aware of sales practices involving its overseas agents, um, which, quote, may have been improper. So they launched an investigation um, into the issues and notified the US and Dutch authorities as well. And then, as you said earlier, in November 2014, SBM manages to strike a settlement agreement with the Dutch prosecutor for $240 million, one of the uh, largest um, settlements in Dutch corporate history. And what the authority found there was is that between 2007 and 2011, the company had paid millions in bribes to public officials via its sales agents in Brazil, Equatorial Guinea, Um, and Angola as as a a means to secure contracts there. Um, And then the US DOJ decided to um, close its investigation at this point after having settled with the Dutch authorities. However, shortly afterwards, the Brazilian authorities come into the picture um, as, you know, as bribes were paid to public officials in Brazil in relation to contracts involving Petrobras uh, and charges were brought there. The DOJ then reopens its probe shortly afterwards Um, And now, while things look like they're starting to sort of maybe be tied up in the US, um, the issues in Brazil um, seem to keep keep on dragging on. So it seems the main sticking point remains Brazil, where obviously um, SBM has its biggest operations. Um, Rodrigo, maybe you're in the position to tell us why the company is struggling so much to solve the the probe there. Uh, Yes, of course. Well... As one famous Brazilian once said, Brazil is not for beginners and things here can be quite complicated, but um, they are very much subject to change. So, for example, early last year, SBM Offshore was in a good position to believe it was close to settling the, the case in Brazil. They even managed to, to say in July 2016 that they had reached the leniency agreement, which was quite innovative at the time, because it was the first time that all agencies uh, who are authorized to investigate corruption matters sat at the table and agreed on a single deal. And through this deal, it would resolve both judicial and administrative liability. So the Dutch company had agreed to pay $340 million in compensation both to Petrobras and to the Brazilian government. 
and in return it would be allowed to continue with the existing contracts and to bid for new work. But then six months on, the Brazilian prosecutor higher instance decided to reprove the leniency agreement as it was because they, they thought there was uh, too vague information on how the losses were calculated and that SBM didn't admit properly to, to the guilt of the corruption practices it was being investigated. But 300, you said 314 million, that's, that's even more than they had offered the Dutch or now it seems the, the US to, to settle the deal. Um, that seems like a lot of money to forgo for the Brazilian authorities. Yes, uh, what the Brazilian authorities and particularly the prosecutors, the federal prosecutors had uh, tried to make clear is that this was not a matter of the, the amounts involved. It was a matter of widening the scope of their investigations. They said that for prosecutors to sign a leniency agreement, what they want in return is not uh, money, they want new evidence. And SBM was unable to bring what they wanted to the table, which was to implicate new Petrobras officials or perhaps even politicians from the federal level. What SBM brought to the table in their leniency agreement was pretty much similar to what else other defendants had already told the prosecutors in their plea agreements. And since these talks collapsed, have, has anything happened in the meantime? Um, has, is SBM at a point now where it's going to say, right, I'm going to throw in the towel and I will go down a different route? Well, not yet, but it might just be coming to this point. What happened since then is that they returned to negotiations with federal prosecutors and with uh, governmental agencies. So uh, it's important to, to point out that under Brazilian law, prosecutors have autonomy from the government. So what was on the table for SBM Offshore was the signature of two separate leniency agreements. One that would deal with the criminal side, with federal prosecutors, and the other more related to the administrative sphere with the Ministry of Transparency, the Attorney General's Office, and Petrobras. The critical point, or, and the problem here for SBM, is that this, this latter deal would, ha would be subject to the approval of the Federal Court of Auditors, which has been quite challenging for companies willing to settle because they want the recovery of the full damages that the, the SBM caused to Petrobras and the public purse in consequence. And they are quite strict on negotiations. So even if SBM accepted these two offers of leniency agreements, one of them would still be subject to a review by a very complex and very difficult agency, which is the Federal Court of Auditors. And Sorry, in these circumstances, what, what are the options for a company like SBM? What happens if they don't go down the settlement route? Well, they could use a, a note approach, which was very frequent here in Brazil before the Leniency Agreement Institute uh, became part of our legislation in 2013, they could just adopt a wait-and-see strategy. They could uh, 
check if the Ministry of Transparency would go further in an administrative procedure to, to debar the company. Uh, and they, they could wait to see if the federal prosecutors were willing to go to courts and charge the company on, for the anti-corruption law violations. And they could hope that these court procedures would take a long time and hopefully could be, uh, they could use the statutes of limitations and life would resume and contracts with Petrobras would, would be on stake again. One, one important information that I believe is that uh, SBM Offshore at the moment is uh, um, on making the contracts with Petrobras. They just are not bidding for any new works. So whatever existed until 2015 when the investigation began, they are, they are still doing their services, rendering services to Petrobras. So, I mean, Ben, this has been a few years since this first came along. And obviously in Brazil, things are proving hard to resolve. Um, how does that, what, what's the position of companies now in terms of their willingness to settle with international regulators? Um, I think there are still incentives for wanting to settle with international regulators. I think the, you know, the SFO here in the UK and the DOJ in the US have both made it clear that if you cooperate with them, uh, companies can be in line for uh, a settlement and, and, you know, the greater the cooperation, the greater the potential discount or the smaller that settlement um, will be. Um, I think the, letter, the, the lesson, if you like, from this case um, study is, you know, SBM have decided to try and settle with each um, individual authority, uh, first the Dutch, uh, then the Brazil and, and, and the US authorities, rather than try and go for a multilateral settlement, much like um, the one in the, the Rolls-Royce case, for example, uh, a joint settlement with the US, UK and Brazilian authorities. Um, Do we know why they went down that route? I think we don't necessarily know the reasons why Rolls-Royce went down that route specifically, but the clear advantages are now is that Rolls-Royce has been able to sort of put a lot of effort into those negotiations and is now a line drawn under the sand, if you like, um, from that, although they still have uh, plenty of work to do with um, sort of dealing with the compliance monitor and, and making those sort of changes. But there's a line under the sand there, whereas for SBM, while they thought they'd settled this in 2014, um, it's still been an ongoing issue. They're still, um, like you say, struggling to settle things in, in Brazil, as Rodrigo was saying. And while things are coming to a head in the US, um, this doesn't really look like it's going away. So this is possibly a case study of you know where things can go wrong down the route of settling with individual authorities rather than multilateral settlement uh, option. Do we have any idea why SBM chose to do this piecemeal? Um, I, we've not had any explicit reason from the company why they've decided to do this or, or, or even how the US and Brazilian authorities have sort of picked up the investigation after the Dutch. Um, however, a, a whistleblower from SBM Offshore, a former uh, senior lawyer at the company, um, accused the company of um, basically covering up elements of its illegal conduct, particularly in Brazil, uh, by keeping such information out of the hands um, of investigators. 
Um, and so his allegations in that case could possibly uh, give us a reason there. But, but as I said, the, the US and Brazilian haven't give a, given an explicit reason. Um, but the, again, that's another issue that SBM have to settle in this case. They're in sort of entangled in a, uh, a legal battle at the moment in the Dutch courts with um, Jonathan Taylor. And, and again, this, this issue of this uh, corruption, it, it just doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon. No, clearly it doesn't, and we'll probably be following it quite closely. Ben and Rodrigo, thank you very much for joining me today and to discuss the latest on SBM. If you'd like to read more about the SBM case, you can click on the stories below or log on to MLEX for our team's latest reporting on the case. I'm Anna Rego, MLEX's managing editor in London, and I was joined by Ben Lucas and Rodrigo Russo in London and Sao Paulo, respectively. Thanks all for joining us in London today. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon for another MLEX podcast. Mm-hmm.